Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Here on the hump day edition of the yard, we had baseball media availability this afternoon. So I waited until after we had that, so we had a little more to talk about. Because, you know, we know midweek basketball games. We'll preview the weekend's games on Friday's show. And we'll also talk a little bit about... Um, you know, some baseball stuff, but we're going to let today we're going to talk a little bit more about Air Force uh, baseball and uh, had a chance to visit with Coach Amonis for a while, got pitching plans for Air Force. Uh, so we'll kind of prepare you for all that stuff. And uh, it's important. Hey, you guys are the most knowledgeable fan base in the country when it comes to college baseball. It's true. It's true. And then, listen, I have traveled all over this conference and really all over the country. There are a lot of people that love college baseball. It's true. Not a lot of people know college baseball. And I would put our fans up against anybody. We're fans of the whole league. I mean, we expect to beat everybody. But uh, when you get into a conversation with a Mississippi State baseball fan about college baseball, uh, you better pack a lunch. Listen, I spent a lot of years in Baton Rouge, as you guys know. LSU fans love their team. They know their team. They know their history. There aren't as many of them that know the league. Uh, probably the fan base that I would say that might give us a run for our money just a little bit, and you wouldn't know it by reading Twitter, is the fans at Arkansas. They really love SEC baseball. They truly do. Uh, and so I'm always so impressed. And uh, you guys may have seen it. Maybe you didn't. Uh, earlier this week, me and my son, Ani, began a, a, a new show. It's uh, We'll get it distributed out of some other platforms. I'm still kind of learning this newfangled technology. You know, I'm an old guy. And so, uh, yeah, we got a new show called The Dude Effect. And uh, we went about an hour on Monday. We'll be back Thursday night and talk a little bit about uh, the Air Force series. And so you can find that. You can, fi- you can follow me on Facebook. You just go to Steve Robertson. You know, you're a good friend and host. And you can just follow my page there. It'll pop up there. And uh, we'll distribute it as best we can. But, uh, yeah, e- exciting. I mean, we had over 2,000 views the first day. So, and uh, thanks so much for that. And uh, before I get too deep into the weeds here, you know, we opened our brand new business on Monday, True Rest Float Spa here in Starkville. I cannot begin to say thank you enough. I really can't. You know, because when you push all your chips in the middle, man, it's a little bit, it's a scary deal. It really is. A lot of anxiety. Man, you guys have been awesome. And, uh, I don't know what time you're listening to the show, but today is Valentine's Day, and I am later recording that, so I don't know when you're going to listen. But uh, you've got until tonight to take advantage of the Valentine's Day special, two floats for 99 bucks. It's a great deal. But we, we've had so many people that have come by and floated. Many people have bought gift cards, bought the package, and uh, going to schedule at a later date. And a lot of walk-ins. People are just walking in and said, hey, listen, learning about your business, you have availability today. Turns out we did. And so I'll tell you that probably the best time to float for a lot of people, especially you students out there. You know, we're open 10 to 10, Tuesday through Sunday, and then 4 to 10 on Monday. That's the deep cleaning day on Mondays. We do maintenance on Mondays. But uh, students, if you're looking to get in there, there, get in now. Daytime is probably your best bet, right? And uh, I won't say who because I don't want to break any anonymity here, but uh, we've got some Bulldog student-athletes that uh, are floating with us. And uh, you should too. And uh, my friend Bram Bermucci over in the Mississippi Delta, we live in Oxford now, God bless him. Uh, Bram came over, wanted to come the first day, but didn't realize on Monday we had the abbreviated schedule. He came over yesterday, first thing, and then messaged me this morning to tell me how much better he felt. 
And uh, if you know Bram, you know <clears throat> Bram's 57 years old, man, but he's had some real challenges uh, health-wise and said, you know what, I slept better last night. Guys, I, I, I always sleep better. I slept at 1030 today, I'm, and I, I'm about that life, sleeping late. Sometimes my dogs don't uh, let me sleep late, but uh, Dana having to get up, takes dogs out. They come back in. They chill for a little while and let your good friend at home sleep a little bit. But, uh, man, thank you guys so much. I can't begin to tell you what it means to me and Dana, probably especially her, because, guys, she's given up her nursing career to run this business. And a lot lot of, you know, trepidation with all that. You worry about it. It's like that's all she's done as an adult is uh, worked in nursing and decided to get out of nursing, get into this. It's always something to help other people. So let me encourage you, go download the True Rest app, and you can schedule right then and there. You just put your information in, it populates to our system, and you can schedule. I mean, a lot of people don't want to deal you know, face-to-face with people. You don't want to have to make that call to schedule an appointment. You don't have to. You don't have to. You can do it yourself. So download the True Rest app, and yes, I get it's a little bit clunky. It needs to be updated. I get it. But if you have any issues at all, you feel free to call, and uh, that's True Rest Starkville. Let me give you that number. Just so you guys know, it is uh, 662-268-7601. And my lovely wife will be there to answer your call and answer your questions. It's been outstanding. And again, if you buy today on Wednesday, two floats for 99 bucks. Call. There's always memberships and things of that nature. But, uh, man, we're so excited. And uh, the response has been amazing. Uh, this time next week, we'll be having our, our ribbon-cutting ceremony. And so that'd be pretty cool. I've never done that. I mean, I've worked in retail my whole life. I've never had an opportunity to have a ribbon cutting ceremony. So we're going to do that. Probably get our picture in the paper, which is always fun. You know, it always is. But uh, if, you, if you're suffering with anxiety or stress or chronic pain, insomnia, any of those things, basically float therapy can kind of cure what ails you. And so I encourage you to come by, be a part of that. The very first True Rest franchise in the state of Mississippi right here in Starkville, right here in Starkville. And, and when we first started talking about this, they wanted to push us to Tupelo or maybe go to Columbus. And I'm like, nope, this is my town. And I want to bring this to Starkville, period. And so we're trying to make Starkville a better place. Uh, please assist us in that endeavor. And uh, it, it's a great date night activity. You can't float together, but you can float at the same time kind of defeats the purpose to float together. The whole point is to have a sensory deprivation, not sensory overload. Uh, I got a good top 10 list for you today in honor of Valentine's Day. And we're going to do it boneyard style. It's going to be a little different. There won't be uh, won't be any Whitney Houston on our list. You know, n- nothing against Whitney Houston. But uh, that's not our thing today. We're not going to be the big sappy love song thing. Not going to do it. We're also not going to have uh, Nazareth Love Hurts on there. Not going to do that. Or the Jay Giles Band Love Stinks. Not going to do that. I'm in love. I hope you are too. Uh, but today is an interesting day. It always is. Uh, you know, your, uh, your flower growers around the country live for the season and you way overpay, you know, for, that, for stuff this kind of year, this time of year. Pardon me. But uh, there's nothing better than being in love, if you ask me. And uh, there have been some times in my life I thought I was in love and I wasn't. And uh, finally found the right one. I say finally, you know, I got married when I was 20. You know, it's not like I had to, you know, live decades by myself. But, uh, but all that I understood, you know, there are a lot of people out there today is not a great day for them. 
And I understand that. There have been times I've been alone on Valentine's Day, and it stinks. It's like all of a sudden you see all this love and joy and stuff, and, you know, it's been a long time since I've, I've been in that situation. So, you know, I didn't have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as a constant reminder that I was alone. So if you're one of those people, I love you. If nobody else has told you today, I love you. And maybe you haven't found that special someone. And maybe you think you found that special someone, and they're getting flowers from other people today too. That stinks, right? Got to reevaluate your... your uh, your position with that person, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in, um, you know, in commitment, those sorts of things. You know, not, not, not that I'm going to tell you. You go out there and dig around in South Mississippi, there's, there's some people with some stories to tell, I can assure you. But uh, happily to be in love, happily to be married. I hope you are so similarly situated. But, uh, hey, let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're thinking about getting out tonight and going to dinner. How about Bulldog Burger Company? It doesn't have to be, you know, a candlelit intimate setting. You can just go have a great meal. It's about being together, right? It's true. Not to mention, I like to eat well, right? I mean, I like when I go out to eat, I want to get my money's worth. And that's what I get when I go to Bulldog Burger Company. I love going in there. I love the atmosphere. I love the quality of service. I love the selections on the menu. Maybe I can ask Bulldog Burger Company to be my Valentine's. Maybe that's the way to go for you. Maybe you need an adult beverage tonight. Maybe you need a glass of wine. Maybe you need dessert to go. I assure you that you do. Go by and have their great restaurant quality hamburgers. So many great ones to choose from. Three locations to serve you. University Drive here in Star Vegas. Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Go by and put your feet under their table. They know everything there is to know about feeding folks. It's true. And there's nothing better at times just to kind of go out and have somebody else handle the cooking and come wait on you. And it's not these feelings of narcissism, right? I mean, it's just so nice to be able to go out and have somebody else attend all that stuff. I mean, I'm pretty self-reliant, but I love being able to go out and just kind of relax and have a conversation with my friends or my family or the woman that I love and uh, have somebody else do the heavy lifting and I can just enjoy a nice moment. That's a great, great thing. You can do that at Bulldog Burger Company. The place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. All right. Now, let's spend some time today talking about what Chris Lamonis had to say. It was about a 12-minute press conference. You can see the full video over at jeanspage.com. It's attached to uh, the Q&A that uh, Mike Nemeth put together for us. It's also attached to our Air Force Pitching Plans article. And uh, you can see for yourself. Now, I've had to order a new video camera. You know, I, I, I use these cameras and all this audio and video equipment until I absolutely have to change them. I mean, that's just kind of how I am. I'm not the kind of guy that as soon as a new iPhone comes out, I have to have that too. You know, I just, I don't make a move until I have to. And I had a video camera that kind of limped its way along through football season. And I finally said, you know what, this is it. Go to my local Walmart, buy a video camera. They only had one and it is one of the cheapest things that I've ever bought in my life. And uh, so I'll be returning that. So we got a new Sony camera on the way. Be here tomorrow, thanks to the glory of uh, Amazon Prime, and uh, just in time for baseball. So the video quality today may not be what you're accustomed to, so I apologize ahead of time. But you can hear and see what Chris had to say. Did the best I could with my trusty iPhone. But, uh, yeah, it's a good series opener against Air Force. And um, here's what Chris opened up with. Opening week, everybody's fired up. Looks like a nice weekend, beautiful weather all week. 
Uh, we had a pretty good spring training once we got through the ice days. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it was three good good weeks with our ball club. We learned a lot. The first week ends up eight games in ten days. Yeah, we'll, we'll know a lot about our club after that. We still have a lot of things to figure out over time. I like where we're at. We got some nicks and an arm or two where the volume is down a little bit right now. So they may not throw as much early on as normal, but nothing to really worry about. You'll see a lot of different guys out there these eight games. And he's right about that. It, you know, we're, We've waited and waited and waited and waited and waited you know, for a season of redemption. And, guys, we're going to get right to work with all that. Now, now that it's here, you know, it, it's time to go to work. It truly is. And those are the things you start thinking about. A reminder, too, uh, if you're coming to the ballpark this weekend, and you should, if you're coming this weekend, it is a Military Appreciation Weekend. There are going to be free gifts upon entry while supplies last all three days. Day one, you get the towel. You get the hat on day two and then the coin on day three. I suspect that coin will be something uh, you might want to hang on. I might even pick up one myself. Maybe. All right, so we got Air Force Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We turn right back around and play Austin P on Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Georgia Southern, a team that hosted a regional two years ago, is in town February, Saturday, Sunday. So you're going to get your early fill of Bulldog baseball. Uh, three games this weekend, and then five games next week. So plenty to talk about, plenty to have fun with, plenty to come out and be a part of. And uh, for you students that always go out there and brave the elements this time of year to support your Bulldogs out there in the student section, thank you very much. I don't know if enough people ever thank you. And you guys know my feelings about the student section. They are the lifeblood of our sporting arenas. A lot of times when a lot of our older folks, and I love you guys too, a lot of times we get caught sitting on our hands, uh, kind of being attendees rather than being participants, and our students are there to say, you know what, no, not at Mississippi State, good sir. No, we're going to get up and get rolling. All right, Nate Dome is your Friday night starter, and uh, we've talked about that a little bit. You know, and I'll be honest with you, if I were doing making the call, I would have Nate coming out of the bullpen. That's my opinion. Not that I don't think he's capable of handing Friday night. I think he certainly is. I think Nate's a guy to go out there and put up about five or six zeros for you and then turn it over to the bullpen. And we haven't had a true dominant Friday night starter since Landon Sims went down, you know, back in 2022. And you know what we had? And even then, as great as Landon was early on, we took some losses, even the Eastern Kentucky. How terrible was that? But he was having that remarkable performance against Tulane, and we're like, okay, here we go. Here we go. And then he – there's the UCL. Uh, but Nate's going to be the guy, and uh, I, I'm okay with that. I am. Uh, I, I like, you know, the, the thought of Nate pitching twice on a weekend. I, I do. That, that's my thinking. <clears throat> and uh, so I'm not just a robot that's going to sit here and agree with everything uh, Chris Simonis does or says. I'm not being critical of it either because I trust Justin Parker. I think Justin Parker's going to do a phenomenal job. And we're going to go over some of Justin Parker's resume on the Thursday show, the, uh, the dude effect. So be prepared for that. But uh, when I asked specifically, first question of the first press conference of the new year, I asked him, why was Nate the right move? Lamona says, you know, it's hard, all three of them. And I actually have two who are pissed right now, which I like. I like that too, Chris. I like guys that are disappointed. I don't want guys that came here to be starters and then find out that they're not. They're just like, well, okay. Okay. Nah. I want guys that are competitors. I want guys that are tough as nails. And uh, as Chris continues, Nate's been the most consistent all year. And in the fall, 
and in the preseason scrimmages that I've watched, I have found that to be the case. I think Nate is our best pitcher as he was last year. And I think also you're going to see a lot more skill refinement with him. I think he's really embraced what Justin Parker wants him to do. And so I'm excited about that. Uh, then, you know, we kind of get into a little deeper things here. And he says, Lamona says, uh, it's deserved a little bit. All three of them on the weekend, we have a chance. With Gerangelo going later, you can watch them with his lefts and rights, and you can figure it out a little bit more. Gerangelo has been really good in our scrimmages, but so is Nate, and so is Cal. Uh, Cal, and so is Kobe Holcomb. Uh, Lofton and Ligon are on their way up, trying to build up some volume. We feel like we have some good candidates there. And that's the thing that, um, you know, we've kind of talked about. You know, this time last year, we're just like wondering, is TBA going to have to start every week on Sunday? I mean, that's the thing you began to realize last year is we didn't have enough weekend arms. What appears we do this year? The fact that you've got, you know, a handful of guys, maybe a half dozen that are capable of competing on the weekend – I think that speaks volumes about where we are as a team this year compared to we were last year. And we talked again, you know, we had some guys in the portal last year, some offensive guys. Amani was good, and Colt Ludbetter was amazing, right? And so I think our evaluation on the position side in the portal has been very good, right? I mean, you go get Scotty DeBrule, uh, you get R.J. Yeager. Those guys have been great for us. You know, the last couple of years, you know, our, our best player has been a guy from the portal. And so maybe this year, maybe Logan Kohler takes that, right? But on the pitching side, let's face it, friends, we live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get – a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. You got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient, it's safe, it's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. 
All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. The portal stuff has been kind of up and down with the exception of Nate. You know, Nate's been really, really good. Nate's one of the only guys on the team last year that just didn't have a rash of walks. He also was a guy, too, that didn't get to utilize his breaking ball enough. He, He was kind of a slide and ride guy. And so... I share that with you because I think, again, the fact that there is some controversy means there is some competition. You know, this time last year, we were just kind of like, okay, well, just give us three guys. I mean, you knew what Cade Smith had. You know, Cade was going to go out there and compete and be a dog for you. But outside of that, you just didn't know. And there's Casey Hunt back in there, and that never really kind of came together. There was discussion, you know, is Lofton ready for the SEC weekends? And, you know, he was a little bit banged up last year. Still not quite 100%. I still think he is going to be a big-time talent at Mississippi State. And we need him to be. But, again, the, the position that we're in now is markedly better than what we were in last year heading into this first weekend. People forget that. It's true. Uh, so, a lot of questions about Carson Ligon. Carson hadn't been 100%. He did throw uh, – let me see, what's today? Wednesday through Monday. 
Uh, had a good bullpen and uh, probably will be a start. I suspect he'll start in the midweek. And it's good to kind of have that guy out there, number one, to give you some innings, but also, too, a guy that's got Power 5 experience. And when he is 100%, if we have a, a situation on the weekend, we got to make a change. You got Lofton and Ligon right there. You got Holcomb right there. And I think Holcomb has been really good. Maybe our most improved pitcher. He didn't have a great scrimmage last week. Control was a little bit off, release points a little bit off. But I, I believe we can trust Colby. He's a guy last year who struggled at times with walks. And when he goes out there and really pounds his own, he's very effective. Uh, but, again, this time last year, we thought we had two starters and then kind of figuring out a third. And now you've got six guys out here in the conversation. Uh, Lawanus continued about Nate and said it's, it was really the development of his pitches. One of the things that I heard in the offseason is that Nate really liked throwing that breaking ball in two strikes. Really liked it. It tunnels well. Uh, he's a guy that can command the breaking ball. But for some reason or another, you know, Fox all just wasn't comfortable with it. And maybe it was an analytics issue. I don't really know. I, I don't. I don't know why that Lamontis didn't uh, come and maybe step in here and ensure that, hey, Nate's got a three-pitch mix. Let's utilize that. How many times last year did you see it? It was all, you know, the dominant fastball and throw the slider. Well, you become predictable when you get into SEC play because you got the best coaches in the country breaking down your film and, and your tendencies. You're like, okay, hey, let's – we can't catch up with the fastball. Let's, let's wait on that slider. Let's take it the other way. Now, all of a sudden, you add that breaking ball back in. And uh, Lamontis spoke extensively about that. You know, we talked about it. Uh, this was – last year, Was it, it was a big fastball, and it was an average slider and nothing else. It kind of caught up to him about halfway through the SEC season. You go through the non-SEC schedule, it's just a difference. And that's true. He added a real good changeup, and he has. He's added a curveball, and the slider's a lot better. He's worked on some real mechanical things. He and Coach Parker spent a lot of time and effort together. And Nate is a worker, building himself as a whole pitcher, not just a reliever and a two-pitch kind of guy. So you're going to have the three-pitch mix, but at times we can kind of drop that change up in there too. Uh, how many times have we seen these guys come in here? It's like you just can't prepare. You just can't. When it's strictly fastball slider or fastball breaker, it's a lot easier to prepare for that. But all of a sudden, guys that can mix and match and change speeds. And here's the thing. I know a lot of people out there are just absolutely in love with fastballs. And it's true. You know, it's true. But everybody wants to see the scoreboard light up. are like, oh, 98, 99. Let me tell you, Frank Montgomery and I, legendary Mississippi State pitcher, Frank Montgomery and I had, uh, had lunch a while back, a couple years ago now. And uh, I still got that interview saved. We'll put that in the book someday. But uh, Frank and I sat down and we talked about how the worst thing that ever happened to pitching was the radar gun. Because now everybody, it's all about throwing harder and faster, uh, trying to get more RPMs, you know, to get that spin rate up. Guys, if you can change speeds, not only can you save some wear and tear on your arm, you can absolutely baffle hitters. That's why the changeup is so important. When it tunnels through the same arm slot as a fastball and you don't tip it, and there are a lot of guys in college that do tip the changeup, but when you can begin to throw three, possibly four pitches from the same arm slot, with the same arm speed, and you can hide the ball a little bit better, the game changes. But when you can get guys out on their front feet and they have to respect that sl- that, that changeup, it makes the fastball even better. And everybody plays off the fastball. But if you're a fastball pitcher and you don't have a changeup, you can't get that changeup in there for a strike, you become very predictable. And that's why I'm excited to see Nate. And listen, we know we've gotten our lineup. 
we feel really good about our lineup. And I've seen Nate go out there and really, really pitch well against those guys. Uh, so I'm eager to see him on the bump Friday night. And listen, Nate is a confident guy. Nate is not a guy that's going to be overwhelmed by the big crowds or the expectations of playing in the SEC. None of that is going to matter to him. It's not even going to register with him. Nate Dome is who I want and you want on that mound when times are tough. It's true. And again, having him there on Friday, you know, you need somebody to go out there and compete in these, uh, you know, low-scoring ball games on Friday nights, kind of keep you in there. But uh, I do like the flexibility we had with him. But again, you know, things can change a month from now. We may say, you know what, hey, back end's not getting where we want it to be. Let's put Nate back there. Then all of a sudden, Carson Ligon or Bradley Lofton are back up to 100%. Okay, let's let's make some shuffling on the weekend, and then we'll move Nate back to the bullpen. And let me tell you this, Nate's willing to do whatever. The guy's a competitor. Nate Dom wants to win. And so if that means that he has to open, it means he has to do middle relief, or it means he has to close, that's what he wants to do. And that's the kind of stuff you really want pro scouts to know. This is a team guy. This is a guy that's going to do his best for the program. Uh, we talked a little bit about Gerangelo, too. I'm not going to read you the whole thing here. I'm just going to get, provide you a couple things to give you a little insight here. Uh, you know, Gerangelo hasn't pitched as much as many guys, and he's right about that. Gerangelo played shortstop, and he was a part-time pitcher. The next thing you know, we're asking him to start on Friday nights in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, it's almost cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, so a lot of maturity just from pure experience standpoint, how to train himself as an ambidextrous pitcher. And when you see Gerangelo this year, if you haven't, physically he looks like a different pitcher. Really does. And he's flipped back and forth, left to right, right to left. He'd be a 1-0 on almost everybody. That's true. Chris continued, he was throwing a pen today. When he's right-handed in the pen, he throws a ton of strikes. When he's left-handed, he throws a ton of strikes. He has to be really good when he flips back and forth. And just being able to compete and handle the moments. And that's a big part of it, too. You know, sometimes you wonder if it's not almost a detriment. Should he just kind of go with his one side or another? And I think it was Stefan that asked that question from the ledger. And Lamona says, hey, we've had talks about it. He wants to throw both. He told me, coach, I picked here because you said I'd have that opportunity. I think he'll uh, throw a little more right-handed than left. We've seen that in the scrimmages. Uh, this time last year, he hadn't done it a lot in real games. There was a game in the middle of the year last year when we just threw right-handed. Uh, and, and Chris says he believes it was South Carolina. I think he's correct. But he had some problems, and he's past that now. We do enough in our practice and our bullpens. Uh, there's some team in the major leagues that may make him, but some may not. Depends on your organization. Talk when he's make him. Pick a side. I think he's up to 96 on the right-hand side and 93 on the left. I'm going to skip down here and ask, uh, ask specifically about Logan Kohler for all of you guys because you don't know Logan. Now, I've seen him in scrimmages. Uh, I can tell you he's a veteran guy. Again, he was the best offensive player on a bad Memphis team last year. And, of course, Braywin Skinner had a good year at Memphis. Very happy for him. He'll always be special to us, right? He'll always be able to come back and do the double field and get a standard ovation for scoring the winning run. That bit uh, that big stolen base, you know, <laughs> against Texas, right? Remember that? And then he scores on uh, Tanner Leggett's single to left. One of the biggest moment Mississippi State baseball, right? I mean, we, can we not agree? I think we would. But uh, Logan Calder was on that team last year with Skinner, and then Logan goes into the portal. He was the guy that State identified very early, and then there was all this question about, you know, would he be able to graduate in December? That was really the question. It wasn't everybody's ability. This was about, hey, can this guy get here 
be able to graduate and then be able to be part of our program. I guess it was summer. Uh, uh, excuse me, summer. But we needed him to be able to get out and not have to go to summer school. We needed him to be out and be a part of our program and uh, be able to be here for the fall, go through our fall baseball regimen. But I asked him, you know, what does Logan Kohler bring to the club? He goes, that's a good question. He's a mature kid, older, been around and played, a really good defender, which I like, and you guys do too, after what we've endured last year. Uh, there's some real offense in there. He could be a double-digit home run guy. He hit 11 bombs last year at Memphis. Uh, Chris continues, he and Goat have really clicked together. I think you'll see a kid who can do some special things. He's well-rounded, and I think that's what you get out of the portal. Guys like that here are excited to play every day. You walk out of the dude, how are you not excited? And here's the thing that I've seen from Logan Kohler. And I've watched him several times. Mike Nemeth probably the only guy that's seen him more than me. Uh, but Logan Kohler is a guy that makes all the routine plays and then makes some of the spectacular plays. And how many times last year, again, when the ball was hit to the left side of the infield, did you hold your breath? And then the next thing you know, we throw it down the line or we throw it in the dirt or we, or we try to turn two, or we pull a guy off the bag. It was such an adventure. Now, I'm not going to sit here and disrespect the game and say, hey, you know, we could have just pulled anybody out of the stands and got what we got last year. That's not true. It's not true. It's very difficult to play at this level. It truly is. I mean, the ball gets on you quicker. you got to make the big stop, and sometimes that hurries you up a little bit. And that was really the case last year. There were times that we just kind of let the game speed us up a little bit. But when you watch Logan, everything looks smooth and routine. Everything. And that's not to say that he's Mike Schmidt out there or even, you know, Brooks Robinson. Nothing like that. I'm not going to sit here and hang that on him. But I think he can be one of the better third basemen we've had, if not the best third baseman that we've had in the last decade or so. It's been a while since we've really had a guy that can play the hot corner. I mean, do we got to go all the way back to Alex Detz? Do we? You know, Detz wasn't a great offensive player, but Detz was a guy you could count on at third base. And anything hit to him, you expected to be an out. It's been a while. I mean, has it not? I mean, how many times have we had a converted catcher play third? Yeah, you know, we did that with Gavin Collins in 16, and Gavin was a competitor. I figured it out. It nothing else, he could knock it down, throw it across the diamond. Didn't always look real fluid. Same thing with Marshall Gilbert. You know, we even had, uh, you know, we had Gunner over there too. You know, and Gunner couldn't get it done. You know, and that's, those are the things, again, for some reason, we have not been able to have that guy. Cam James, of course, was a converted shortstop. But we haven't had a true third baseman in a while. Logan Kohler is a true third baseman. And there could, sometimes there's going to be a screamer get between his diving glove and the bag, and that's going to happen. It's going to rattle around for a double. That's going to be the case for everybody. You know, nobody's a complete vacuum over there. But Logan Kohler is a guy that I think – is a bit of an X factor for us. We talked about Connor Heizag because, of the fact, you just don't know what to expect. But Logan Kohler could kind of quietly put together a really big senior season because everybody's talking about, you know, Hines and Dakota. Everybody's like, hey, well, DJ and Hines are going to carry us. Don't sleep on Logan Kohler. That's a guy, again, who's proven that he can hit double-digit home runs in a season and had no protection around him at Memphis. He's going to have some dudes around him here. I think he gets better pitches to hit this year. But uh, I'm excited. So we're going to do our top ten list. We're going to come back, talk a little about Air Force, kind of get you guys ready. And of course, that's going to be on Friday. But many of you will be making the drive. But Friday, we're going to spend our time kind of previewing some basketball stuff. We'll do a minor uh, baseball preview. But I wanted to really kind of get more in-depth with Air Force today. Uh, and so when we come out of our uh, top ten list, we're going to talk Air Force baseball. 
All right, time for today's top 10 list. As always, brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair Chandler is my friend, your friend, our collective friend in the mortgage industry. And that's a thing, too. You never know when you're going to need a mortgage loan originator. You don't. Maybe you have some damage to the property. Maybe you get transferred. Maybe things change in your personal life. You got to find a new humble abode. Look no further than our friend Blair Chandler at 601-500-2344. 601-500-2344. Blair is a mortgage professional. A lot of people in the mortgage business. A lot of people get in and out of that industry. Blair's been there 23 years. Back to back to back years. Top 1% ratio in the country. It's the guy that gets things done. Have Blair work for you. Yeah. We've had several Boneyard listeners close loans with Blair, and it's no coincidence. We bring in people that have a need with a gentleman that has a solution. Visit the website today to get more information. Again, closewithblair.com. And uh, try to keep it in the family. You know, Blair's a bulldog. You know, he's a guy that's a multiple season ticket holder, multiple sports, has a place here in town. He's maroon and white through and through. So whenever you have needs, we're looking to purchase a home, refinance a home. I don't know your needs, but Blair can help you navigate through all of that. It can be a very difficult process at times. Sometimes underwriting wants to have a pint of blood, a lock of your hair from your first haircut, your fifth grade report card. They ask for all this kind of crazy stuff. Blair can go in there and kind of fight that battle for you. A lot less trouble when you deal with a mortgage professional like Blair Chandler at CloseWithBlair.com. All right, I know Blair's married, happily married, in love with a beautiful girl, got a great family. And so Melanie Moody, our friend, who is a big proponent of the top 10 list, has sent us multiple uh, ideas over the years. Matter of fact, she uh, hit me up and chastised me. No, not, not really. But she reminded me that she suggested Chicago some time ago. And we have, looking back, we did have a few people that mentioned Chicago. For some reason, we just never did it. So it's my fault. Melanie asked to do a Valentine's Day list well in advance. I don't know if we've ever had the Boneyard on Valentine's Day. I don't know if we have. But uh, there will be no bullet for my Valentine. There will be no bloody Valentine. There will be none of that. It's a pretty positive list. But we are going to start out on a little bit of a somber note. It's still one of those things, too, that kind of blows my mind. And again, it tells me that maybe... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. I don't think so. You know, Poison is the most listened to top 10 list we've ever had. It's number one. And it's not close. But I wasn't a big Poison fan. Though Something to Believe In is one of my favorite songs. I mean, I think it's, I think Brett Michaels in many respects played this character. But Something to Believe In is a song that I think is uh, more indicative of his heart. Right? So we're going to go with a Poison song at number 10. Number 10, it's Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Wanted to work roses in, and again, this is kind of a sad love song. I'm a sucker for sad love songs. Everybody's had that moment. You've had that rose in your life, and you get pricked by it. Kind of reminds me of the title for Blooms of Oleander. You know, you don't know much about Oleander. It's like what what you're attracted to may not be good for you, because Oleander is poisonous. Kind of along the same vein. And uh, if you've ever seen Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, you know that uh, when they ask 
Bill and Ted and Death, the Grim Reaper, what's the meaning of life? They give them every rose has its thorn. That's your number 10 song today on your Valentine's Day list. Number nine, maybe an underappreciated hit in the John Bon Jovi slash Bon Jovi catalog. You know, John's having some vocal issues. And he said recently, if I can't be great, I'm out. And, you know, John's made his money for sure. That guy's certainly, um, you know, successful and uh, probably never has to sing another note the rest of his life. But he's had some issues. But uh, I decided to go with one a little bit deeper in the catalog. No, it's not Silent Night or you know, it's none of that. It's a little more up-tempo. It's in these arms because you got to get that big hug on Valentine's Day, right? If you were in these arms tonight, I'd love you. I'd need you. It's great. John Bon Jovi kind of, you know, I don't know that many of us would have gotten that big first kiss without, uh, you know, John Bon Jovi. Let's be honest about that. And maybe it's time many of you Gen Xers really began to appreciate what John Bon Jovi did for us over the years. It's true. John set the mood. Number eight, a little bit of a, um, I don't know, maybe we call it a Boneyard-esque track here. I got to see this recently. I got to see Sammy Hagar in kind of a jam session. And I'd forgotten what a great song this was. Because, you know, Valentine's Day is not just about flowers and hugs. It's also about candy. And so we could have gone in a lot of different directions here with candy, but true in Boneyard and Rose Bowl fashion, we're going with Montrose's Rock Candy as your number eight track. Yeah, Sammy Hagar, a long and lengthy career. I mean, this goes back to the early 70s. I think I read where they wrote the song in 68. I think that's correct. But Montrose is Rock Candy, number eight, because you're sticky sweet. Number seven, this is a cover song. That's one of the reasons it's, it's a little bit deeper into the catalog in our countdown today. It's not in the top five. A lot of people have covered this song. It's an old blue standard. Uh, Ella Fitzgerald covered it. A lot of people have. But my favorite cover of the song, I Just Want to Make Love to You, is a band called Cold Sweat. We've talked about them on the show before. Mark Ferrari left Kiel, started his own band initially. And I had this discussion with Eddie Trunk out at Rocklahoma. Thanks, Mark. When uh, the original singer of Cold Sweat was a guy named Annie Logan, who my oldest son is named after. And so Ani was in the band with Mark Ferrari. They were originally called Ferrari. And George Lynch went to go see Ani Logan sing. And uh, Ani was there. And after the show, George Lynch says, here's what we're doing. He said, you can either be in a band called Ferrari or you can join my band and drive a Ferrari. So Ani Logan jumped to Lynch Mob, one of my favorite albums, the Wicked Sensation album. Absolutely phenomenal. But uh, Cold Sweat went out and hired another singer. Great album. I love it. The production value is probably not what it should have been. The record company didn't put as much money into the album and the recording and the mix of it as they probably should have. But I absolutely love this. And I love I loved the fact that they kind of made it their own. But against Cold Sweats, I just want to make love to you. And what's Valentine's Day without that? Number six. You know, she was uh, the subject uh, many of a young teenage young man's uh, daydreams, and maybe some young ladies too, uh, back in the day, back in the 80s, I don't know there was anybody that uh, had maybe the mystique on the female rock side as Lita Ford. 
Because a lot of our video vixens back in those days were just women that were beautiful, right? They were voluptuous, they were beautiful, they dressed, they were scantily clad. What a great time it was. Um, but Lita Ford was the real deal. Lita Ford, not only was she beautiful, she was talented, she was a great singer, performer, uh, formerly of The Runaways. Maybe you've seen that, that documentary on Netflix or whatever it's on. Uh, but Lita Ford was... Like, that was the woman that every guy really wanted to date. And even and part of it's because she scared us a little bit, right? I mean, Tonic Katang was amazing. But Lita Ford could also grind it out on a guitar. Lita Ford at times dated Nikki Six. And, of course, you know, Tonic Katang married David Coverdale. But we're going to go with Lita Ford because you got to get a big kiss or two on uh, Valentine's Day. And it's Kiss Me Deadly from Lita Ford, you know. It ain't no big thing, because I know what I like. All right, number five, uh, the bride recommended this one, and it doesn't necessarily fit our rock motif, fit our rock motif. But uh, they play it at Duty Noble Field, and they play it at Davis Wade Stadium. So we decided to work this in. We don't have the remix, but it's the Eurythmics "Sweet Dreams," and uh, the subtitle are made of this. A lot of people have covered this track. Marilyn Manson, of course, one of them. But uh, the Eurythmics, Annie Lennox, what a fabulous voice that she has. So we're going to put that in there. In honor of my sweet Valentine, the Eurythmics, Sweet Dreams, number five. Number four, it's Foreigner. You guys know the history of this song because you're, uh, you know, you're fans of the show, right? This is what led to Luke Graham leaving Foreigner, this song. Because Mick Jones is like, hey, I want to do this. We'll, have a big, we'll make the big orchestral presentation. We'll have the choir. And it was very self-indulgent, and it was also a huge hit off the Agent Provocateur album. It's I Want to Know What Love Is from Foreigner. And the subtitle, I want you to show me. You, kind of like Smokey Bear telling me only you can prevent forest fires. I want to know what love is, and only you can show me. Yeah. Number three, you guys know I'm a huge fan of Prince. I am. I think most of us are. Incredible, incredible performer. Gone way too soon. And Prince was so ahead of the curve with so many things, right? Now, this is a songwriter, a performer. Uh, if, if Purple Rain is ever on, just watch it. I mean, it's so electric. It really is. I remember watching this thing in the theaters, and I was just blown away. It's one thing to see him on MTV, but it's nothing like everything that Prince did. It's like his mannerisms and everything he did when he moved around was just so incredibly cool. Everything. We want Kiss. Not, not the cover version, the original. Kiss. The Prince falsetto version of Kiss. Number two. You know, you got to get some sugar on uh, Valentine's Day. You should. Probably the most overplayed song of uh, of my generation, at least of our of our heyday in the eighties. It's Def Leppard's "Pour Some Sugar on Me," and and, I, and guys, I love this song. It's great, and for a while, it took us a while to figure out the lyrics, because you know back in my day, we bought cassettes and they had the liner notes in there and the lyrics, and you could sing along. And uh, I've had a friend of mine recently he said, "Steve, it just amazes me, even to this day, how you know the words to all these songs. Well, they're imprinted on my brain, you know." That's one of the reasons I didn't make a 30 on the ACT, because my mind was busy remembering, you know, what Bang Tango Psycho Cafe was like. You know, every every song, every lyric, every song, I memorize those things. Uh, but Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar on Me, really, it, it was a crossover. 
album hysteria was for them, and this song was really the gateway for a lot of people. I, I really think Def Leppard's Pyromania was really more of a guy's album, right? It was like a rock album. It was a little bit on the edge. And then all of a sudden, you know, Mutt Lang gets involved and they and, and really changed some things. Might have been around for a little while, but Mutt really pushed them to superstardom. And then all of a sudden, you started seeing all these beautiful women show up at Def Leppard concerts. And so I won't call them a sellout. I won't. But they definitely changed on the Hysteria album. But Pour Some Sugar On Me was absolutely everywhere. But number one, and maybe you disagree. It's okay. It's a pet shop. No, it's not the pet shop boys. It's Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine. And uh, it is actually an incredible love song. And uh, I could have easily gone with Patience here. I, I think Patience from Guns N' Roses is one of the greatest love songs of my generation. I, I truly believe that. And I think Chris Cornell's version of it is amazing. But nothing's better than the original. It's true. But Sweet Child of Mine, it's when uh, Axel was dating one of the Everly daughters. I can't remember her name. And uh, I had read recently that Slash was actually trying to kill the song. Because Axel had heard this little fingering exercise Slash did. Walked out and said, hey, play that again. Slash thought it was silly because it was just a fingering exercise. Next thing you know, the band gets involved. They kind of build around it. And then Sweet Child of Mine comes around. It was a smash hit. Of course, it was the follow-up single to Welcome to the Jungle off the Appetite for Destruction album. And so many of us remember where we were when we heard Guns N' Roses or saw them for the first time. And we have not really had anybody since then quite like them. And uh, some could say, you know, Nirvana, and you're not a fan because I was already a fan of Soundgarden and some other bands that were already doing some big things in Seattle. But when Guns N' Roses hit the scene, there was some authenticity to what they did. Like, it's like, you know, they would talk about, you know, about fighting and drugs and alcohol, and you believe them. You know, they weren't just studio gangsters, right? There was a lot of people in the 80s metal scene that things had gotten a little bit bloated. There was all this leather and lace and things like that. And all of a sudden, Guns N' Roses showed up, and they, did, they just had, the, they were a genuine article. And you're like, I want to party with those guys, right? It's true. They're not drinking Bartles and James wine coolers. These guys are really getting it in, you know. And so there was some authenticity, and so it really rejuvenated, rejuvenated, pardon me, the rock scene in America, rock scene in America for sure, because um, Guns N' Roses went from being just kind of a you know opening band, you know, out at the Whiskey A Go Go or at Gazarazzi's or uh, the Cat House with Ricky Rapman and Tammy Down, to being international superstars, and uh, it was amazing to watch that ascent. And because uh, when Nirvana came, things changed. People were like, hey, this is a little bit different. But they were a flash in the pan. And I'll, I'll debate that with anybody who wants to have that conversation. Absolutely will. Smells Like Teen Spirit was the best Nirvana song off the Nevermind album. And there really wasn't much of substance beyond that. I mean, that's just my feelings about it. I do think Heart Shaped Box is really, really good. Uh, even though the record company nearly shelved in utero. Do your research. Um, but yeah, when Sweet Child of Mine came out, we didn't know much about it, and all of a sudden, they exploded. So that's your number one Valentine's Day song today. We didn't include any Tesla. We could have. We didn't do love song and things like that. I didn't want to be too sappy today, right? Or the greatest love of all, or whatever, or have like a Dion Warwick list, you know. I mean, I'll do respect to those performers. But I got to be me. So enjoy this. Uh, again, rock, you read the mix, you kind of, you know, you know kind, of, kind of fit in there. Uh, it's weird to me that the Eurythmics, I think, are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Motley Crue's not. It's weird. 
had this discussion recently, again, about some of the people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And uh, there are so many bands out there and artists that, um, you know, their genre has, like there's the Country Music Hall of Fame, you know. Um, there's like the Rap and R&B Hall of Fame. I know there's the Motown exhibit and things like that. Not that Motown's a big thing anymore. But it's like, you know, hey, it's like, hey, well, let's, you know, we're going to kind of ramrod everything in here. I just, you know, I, I just think it's okay to have singleness of purpose. It's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There need to be rock bands in there. The nominees are out. Maybe we'll do a list of those next week. But uh, I am sure that I will be disappointed with the selections. I, I'm sure that I will be. Because you and I both know they'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll find a way to get, you know, some folk singer in there that, um, you know, maybe sold a, you know, had, had a, a one-hit wonder or something and, you know, sold a couple thousand albums. And, you know, some other bands out there that have sold 50, 60, 100 million albums won't be included. Uh, but we'll save the, the opining and all the whining about that for a later date. So, again, thanks as always for your support of the top ten list. Hope you have a happy, happy, happy Valentine's Day night. If you have ideas for the top 10 list, reach out, let us know. You can find me on all forms of social media, at Scout Steve R. But Roy is kind of the keeper of the list. My friend, Roy Samante. Really appreciate Roy for all he does for the show. Uh, but Roy's on Twitter and Spotify at Dogmatic67, D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. And uh, just subscribe. You can follow Roy. He doesn't post pictures of his food or, like, weird art stuff and things like that. It's always Mississippi State stuff or... You know, maybe he's looking for tickets or something, but um, yeah, it's usually our list. And uh, Roy's been so incredibly generous and been such a great friend to me. Thank a lot of Roy Samanti. And if you ever have a chance to meet Roy, uh, be sure and thank him for what he does for Boneyard listeners. It's so funny that like sometimes people will meet him and ask to have a picture made with him. And I don't know that he's prepared for that. Yeah, but uh, you know, we're just kind of bringing Roy along with us. A rising tide raises all ships. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. If you have not perused the fine selections that are available to you at Campus Bookmart, then shame on you. And if you're one of those people that didn't get a Valentine's gift, or maybe you're unsatisfied with what you got, you don't have to make a big deal about it. Just take care of yourself. Go by Campus Bookmart and pick up some new Mississippi State merch. Nothing makes you happier than that. New Mississippi State gear is always welcome in this house, and I suspect it is in yours as well. If you can't make it to town to see their smiling faces, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than $75, absolutely incomplete. And here's the deal. Kathy Brown texted me just yesterday. They are absolutely stocked, locked and stocked with brand new Mississippi State baseball merchandise. And uh, baseball season's getting kicked under, kicked off on Friday. So leave a little bit early, 4 o'clock, first pitch, and go by and pick up some new MOVRS gear, plenty of Mississippi State baseball attire uh, to help you make it through these uh, cooler temps in the early part of the baseball season. Again, Mississippi State baseball merch readily available for you at uh, Campus Bookmark. All right, let's take a look at Air Force. Uh, Air Force, you know, we mentioned – uh, they went 28-31 last year, but they played really well within their league, 17-13 and uh, in the league there. But 9-20 uh, and 20 away in true road games, 5-6 and six on a neutral field, but 14-5 and, and five at home there in Colorado Springs. Uh, they opened up last year with a 
series at Army at the depot in Cleveland, Texas. Uh, Army takes that two games to one. They didn't lose to Oklahoma. They played Texas Tech, got beat 9-4 there. So, yeah, p- pretty good non-conference scheduling, I would suggest here. Uh, matinee game on Wednesday. They lose that ball game 18-5 against Texas Tech. Life without Paul Skeens was, uh, was challenging for them. They get to <clears throat> Charleston Southern University. Is part of a uh, little tournament deal out there. They beat those guys. They lose to College of Charleston and then come back and lose in 10 innings to Charleston Southern University. So another uh, difficult weekend in a non-conference. They beat Michigan State uh, 7-4 on the Monday to kind of finish up that deal, to go two for two. Uh, they get the Lobos of New Mexico, and that's a tough loss right there. They go to Albuquerque. And uh, they win on Friday night, 9-7, and then they get absolutely shelled in the back, the, the second and third game, 15-0 and 11-4. Midweek contest against Louisiana Tech. They split those two games uh, with the Bulldogs, our friend Lane Burroughs over there. They get San Jose State, who ultimately won the Mountain West Conference, but the Air Force goes into San Jose, California, and takes two of three. Two of those extra inning affairs – uh, 9-3, and they lose 5-4 in the middle game, and they come back in game three, which was part of a Saturday doubleheader, and win 9-5 to take the series. That was big. The next weekend, it's uh, at San Diego State, and they drop two of three. They win the Sunday game 12-6. Midweek ball games against Kansas State, they play a couple there. They lose 12-9, some very offensive games there with the Wildcats. They win on Wednesday 18-13. Midweek pitching. Leaves a lot to be desired at times. UNLV was the weekend opponent after that. That was a uh, doubleheader on Saturday and played again on Sunday. And again, Air Force loses the series, but uh, in the game they win, kind of a loud win, 17-5. to Impressive. You know, scored a lot of runs. But then on, sun- on Sunday, they give up 21. Very much feast or famine. Uh, the midweek, they play University of Texas, get beat 7-1. Midweek pitching good for Longhorns. They were ranked 21 at the time. Fresno State was a weekend opponent. And Air Force takes all three at home. Very significant. Anytime that you can get three, no matter who you're playing, it's a big deal. They get University of St. Thomas to come to Air Force, and they drill those guys that Monday, 18-3. And then University of Nevada was a weekend opponent down in Reno. They lose two of three there and then get shelled by Kansas 19-4 on a Tuesday night game in Lawrence. They come back on Wednesday. That's a 10-run rule affair. They get that thing wrapped up in eight innings. So uh, not much going there. And, of course, Kansas is a team that has uh, got some talent. They get University of New Mexico uh, to visit them, of course, again, the return series there because the, the Mountain West Conference only has seven teams. Uh, but they, they get two of three there at home against the Lobos. San Jose State then makes a trip up there. And once again, Air Force takes down San Jose State. Again, your Mountain West champion. They get all three. And and many of these games were, were not competitive. The Friday night game, 6-4. Think, okay, well, that's, that's pretty good. It's got Saturday, 12-3. And then on Sunday, 24-12. Crazy. They pick up a midweek win, kind of a rare midweek win. They get University of Northern Colorado. Uh, on Wednesday, and then uh, get Arizona for the weekend. How big was that? And they take one game. They win the Saturday game 5 nothing. The other two games 
were basically church league softball quality events. San Diego State then goes to makes the return trip to Air Force, and uh, Air Force gets two of three there. And again, they were very good in their conference. UNLV hosts them in Vegas, and uh, yeah, the runner Rebs take two out of three. They get into the Freedom Classic against Navy. It's kind of cool to play Army and Navy. I don't know if Coast Guard has a baseball team. But uh, the midshipmen take two of three, three very competitive ball games, very low-scoring games, and then you get into the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Now, the way that it was seeded, San Jose State was the one seed, San Diego State was the two seed. Our friends at Air Force win the first game 12-1. What a loud opening win in a conference tournament. And then they take down San Jose State, and I guess they've had success against them throughout the year. And they get them again, 7-3. And then the next thing you know, San Jose State has to beat Air Force twice. They do. They get them 7-5 and then force a winner-take-all conference tournament championship game. And San Jose State gets them 12-9. So, again, very aggressive in non-conference scheduling. And, of course, uh, Mountain West, not a great baseball conference. I mean, you kind of know that going in. But um, – Kind of looking back at some statistics from last year. And uh, they're going to be a veteran team. I think they're returning six positional starters this year. The guy that jumps off the page, back-to-back Mountain West Conference Player of the Year. He's a preseason All-American. He's a first baseman, Sam Kulisang. Kulisang. I know that I'm going to blow this. Sam Kulisang. I think that's right. But Sam, Sam I am, number five, led the team with a 426 batting average. And anybody that hits at that proficiency in a Division I level is worthy of discussion. He led them in most offensive statistical categories, especially just hitting, period. 71 runs scored, and he hit uh, in the two spot ahead of Jay Thomason, who was their home run leader. Thomason with 21 dingers, 74 RBIs. Uh, but Sam, just the six dingers last year, 51 ribbies. He is a, a switch hitter. He has played in every game for two years. He also walked 50 times last year, which set a school record. He had 28 doubles, which tied a school record. He only punched out 24 times. He's going to enter this weekend with a 55-game hitting streak. This guy's legit. And, again, there are several publications that have him on their preseason All-American list, also six to ten in stolen bases. We kind of brushed on Jay Thomason, but the 344 hitter last year, 78 hits, which was third on the team, a triple, 21 dinger, 74 ribbies, a slugging percentage of 722. But uh, this is a lineup, despite the fact that it's pretty interesting, the top four, and it is, they're not, um, maybe not quite have the depth, you know, that. Uh, that we're going to see ordinarily. But there are some people out there that think, even though the, the Air Force uh, Falcons were picked third in the conference, that they could find their way into an NCAA regional somewhere. And you got to think, you know, just they're basically two years removed from that. You know, so this is a program that wants to be very disciplined. It's also a team that uh, offensively last year had their ups and downs. They really did. As a team, they hit 299. And that's a pretty decent batting average. You're hitting around in 300. And, of course, the quality of pitching that they see 
in that league is maybe not what you're going to see here, especially on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, but when you begin to work through these numbers, you begin to realize this is a team that knows how to move, move runners. It was a guy last year, Blake Coven, from Flower Mound, Texas, an outfielder. 13 sacrifice hits, 13. Also 10 or 12 in stolen bases. So uh, they're not afraid to play a little small ball. They're not afraid to run the bases. As a team, they were 63 of 85. So it could be a challenge for our catchers a little bit. Could be some traffic on the bases. Uh, pitchers are going to have to do a good job holding guys on. Got to be quick to the plate. Got to throw strikes. But once you get through the middle of this order, there really is a drop-off. I mean, there really is. The guys are going to try to put the ball in play. But, uh, you know, as a team, they punched out 474 times last year. The flip side of that is Air Force pitchers struck hitters out 393 times. So about 75 differential there. But uh, this is a team, obviously, that um, – had the losing record. We can't sit here and just oversell them, uh, but they're guys that um, are veterans. They've played a lot of college baseball. That's the important aspect. The old wins in college baseball. Now, they did lose some pitching, okay, and that's important to understand. There's a lot of people out there that don't fully appreciate all this, but um, you, know, you got some guys that um, you know, their eligibility was exhausted last year. That's, that's an important part of this whole thing. You know, is that, um, yes, they return some veterans. But on the pitching side, there's a lot of question marks. A lot of question marks. So as of today, based on what I was told, is uh, their pitching rotation, on Friday they're expected to go with uh, Sung, Sung Min Shim is their Friday night guy. Now, he is a veteran left-handed guy that's a bit of a junk baller. He changes speeds. He had a 4-3 and three record last year. He made seven starts. He's got an ERA of 7.38, though. And this is a guy, too, gives up more than a hit per inning, 56 hits and 42 and two-thirds of an inning pitched, allowed 44 runs. So not just a hit over a hit per inning, he's basically given up a run per inning, as the 7.38 earned run average would suggest. Now, none of those runs were unearned, but he's still giving them up. Not a big strikeout guy. A guy that wants to pitch to contact, have you hit his pitch, and, again, he's, got, he's good at changing speed, so he gets a lot of ground balls. But uh, just 36 punches last year and uh, 26 walks. So not a great differential. You know, it's 3-2 to two right there. You typically would like to be 3-1 to one or better. He also has the propensity to give up, you know, the extra base hit. 13 doubles last year, triple three bombs. Uh, but, again, that's when guys get you out on their front foot, it's difficult at times to, uh, you know, to elevate that but you know last year some of the guys that were the regulars uh, not around but uh, we should expect to see a junk ball left-hander on Friday night got to be prepared for that now on Saturday will be interesting the uh, this young man's gonna be making his college debut on the mound it's Jack Bellow who played in very limited action last year only played in three games entered as a pinch hitter had three plate appearances and uh, had one hit. You know, so he hit 333. It's great, right? He got one hit. Uh, it was a single. He also had a punch out, grind into a double play. So not very productive with his other outs. However, he's a two-way player uh, out of Florida that is now going to be in their rotation. It's expected to be their Saturday guy. And he's another left-hander. 
And it's so easy for us. We get caught up in all these lefties, all these lefties. Can you imagine here for a second? Now, this young man here may be absolutely fantastic. I mean, he may come in here and be have Greg Maddox-esque control. I don't know that. Nobody knows. He's very much an unproven player. But to make your college baseball debut on the mound at Duty Noble Field on Saturday, which is the day that we really pack it out, that's asking an awful lot. So we're really going to need you all and the dude effect to kind of get rolling here. we got to rattle this kid. Uh, you know, of course, we always want to be respectful. We want to be rowdy, though. Nothing personal. We'll feed him after the ball game, But we got to go out there and really set a tone. And I think this is a young man, too. Of course, no stats are available because he hadn't pitched in the college level. But uh, yeah, he was a multi-letter winner in high school, as you'd expect to be a D1 guy. Uh, made some all-state lists, a little bit down the list, second team, honorable mention type things. Uh, but he's a bigger kid, you know, not maybe 6'2", 6'3". So we don't know much about him. There's not much of a scouting report other than he was a softball. And then he got injured last year on March the 5th and did not play the rest of the year. So he has not towed the rubber in a college game yet and is expected to do it uh, on Saturday. So that'll be awfully interesting, right? That'll be awfully interesting to kind of see, number one, you got to face the unknown, but he's got to go out here and face, you know, one of the greatest crowds in one of the best ballparks against one of the best programs in all college baseball. Now, Sunday, you, know, you saw those and you heard those Sunday scores. And, of course, it's a different dynamic this year. you got other guys stepping up and some guys could do a good job. But expected to pitch uh, on Sunday is Ben Weber, right-hander Ben Weber. Uh, two and three record last year, had 21 appearances, five starts, uh, 54 and a third innings pitch. But, man, he gave up a very gaudy 70 hits last year well over a hit per inning allowed 40 runs 37 of them earned struck out 30 walked 20 so again another three to two ratio and this is a guy too that struggles to keep the ball down Uh, 13 doubles a triple and six home runs allowed opponents hit 320 against him he also struggled at times with command he had one wild pitch and nine hit by pitches Uh, this is a guy too that uh, you just you're not exactly sure what to expect but at least there is some tape on him from last year he did pitch rather extensively, uh, fourth on the team in innings pitched as a true freshman, uh, had a 6.13 ERA. And so, again, another guy, you know, strapping guy around six feet plus. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see these guys come in that uh, are really basically were midweek guys last year as starters and then relievers on the weekend. You know, how will they handle an SEC team? They didn't play one last year. You know, and how are they going to travel on the road? They weren't great a great road team last year. And you come down here, and I would venture to say that they have never played in an environment quite like this one. I think everybody would, would agree with that. You know, you know, Air Force went down to LSU a couple years ago, kind of Paul Skeen's audition for West Johnson. Uh, but you kind of get what I'm saying. So this is a team, and, and I, I've had some commentary. People are like, oh, this is definitely a tournament team. I don't know where you're reading that. Uh, about Air Force. They're definitely a tournament team. This is a team that we should be able to take this series. We really need to take all three of these games. Uh, But I I feel good about where things sit with us. I know we've got some guys a little bit ginger, and a lot of people are asking about uh, David Mershon. What's his availability for the weekend? We don't know. We asked about it today, and Chris Lamona said he's day-to-day. He did say it's not as serious as last year. Last year, same situation – uh, final scrimmage weekend of the year, and Mershon, uh, you know, pulls the hammy and, and missed, I think, 17 games last year. 
That's not expected to be the case. Is he 100%? No. Is he going to play this weekend? We don't know. It's going to be a day-to-day thing. We'll see how he responds to treatment. Uh, But with cold weather, you don't want to go out there and push a guy, especially with a hamstring, in this cold weather. You just don't want to do that. And so I know that Mershon wants to play. And it certainly helps us with him in the two spot. But in the event that he doesn't play, yeah, it probably shakes up the order a bit. Does it does it open the door for Dylan Cup to play this weekend? He's been a little bit, you know, nicked up a little bit, a little bit gimpy as of late, too. He's gonna be fine. But uh yeah, you could play him there. You know, for sure. You know, we've had a situation at times where we moved Bryce Chance to second base and sled Amani Larry over to short. And, you know, I just don't think Amani has the arm to play short, and I think he knows that as well. I think that was just trying to get through the scrimmage and maybe get some routes for Bryce. Bryce is a guy that could play some infield or some left field for us because, you know, you got Jackson McKenzie. you got some other guys out there that could play left. Might make you a little more offensive lineup. But, uh, you know, we'll figure it out as we go. That's the important aspect of it. But um, the good thing is we have some options. I think if Dylan Cup is healthy, I think, yeah, you start him at short, you bat him ninth, and you, you hope for the best there. You know what he can do defensively. And, again, the bat has been ahead of what maybe is, what was advertised to us. That's an important aspect of things, too. You know, it's like when guys come in, you got to give them room to grow. And I think Dylan Cup is a guy, obviously, that has an MLB grade on him that suggests he should be a really good player for us. Uh, and, again, I think he is a little bit better with the stick in his hands and maybe some people suggest it. But that's interesting. You know, the very first weekend, we're already having to kind of adjust this thing around. But I think Mississippi State's talent level should be enough to exceed what the Air Force – can throw at them. And, again, kind of looking at this pitching staff last year, Air Force, uh, they allowed 73 home runs. The team hit 57. So, that, I mean, the bottom line is this. This is about us. They're going to come in here and bring some quality competition. It's not going to be an SEC caliber weekend, but it's the opening weekend. we got some moving pieces out there. we got to settle into place. But I expect State to take this series, and my hope is that we can sweep this series. I, I know how Division One baseball works. All it takes is one pitcher to get hot one day, and they could ruin your weekend. But I think with Nate Dome on the mound Friday night, Cal Steven on Saturday, and Gerangelo on Sunday, we're going to get quality pitching. We're going to need some guys on the back end to bridge this thing together, and Cam Schulke's going to have to be big for us. Uh, but we got some pieces. And I think we have enough talent to get this season – off on the right foot. And I think, again, we're not going to leave Mississippi for a long time, but uh, it's so important for us to get this one. And uh, and then, you know, you, you get this one, and then hopefully they'll go out and get well and maybe win the Mountain West Conference and help us in the RPI. That's an important aspect of it too. But uh, we're going to have to go play well, and I uh, hope that you all can come join us. There are some SRO tickets still available at Standing Room Only. And uh, there may be some people in the lounge may let you uh, recreate with them. But the bottom line is, Mississippi State baseball is back, and we've got to go out there and um, and prove the doubters wrong, and then including some of our own fans, and uh, that's fair. We've earned that. We have earned a healthy amount of skepticism, so we need each of our Bulldog fans to turn out, and you guys always do such an amazing job. A reminder, Saturday you get a chance to double dip. You can watch a men's basketball game and walk over to Duty Noble Field. Uh, buy you an SRO ticket if you're not a season ticket holder and take in both games. We encourage you to do that. Come spend the whole weekend with us. Uh, spend some money locally. Go to Bulldog Burger Company or one of the Eat With Us restaurants. Uh, Starkville, 
institutions. And, of course, stop by Campus Bookmart and be a part of all that stuff. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. And the Stark Vegas Clubhouse is booked for this weekend. Happy to hear that. It should be booked for every weekend. Uh, it certainly should be. Uh, and maybe you're coming to town for work. Maybe you're bringing a group up here. Maybe you're you know, doing some work on campus. I don't know your jobs, right? I don't know. But if you're coming from out of town, rather than go rent five hotel rooms for your crew, just rent out the Stark Vegas Clubhouse and everybody can congregate under one roof. You've got some common areas you can work and you've got your own private quarters. You've got a couple bathrooms to work with. That great, great, great back porch area, the fire pit, the wet bar, full service kitchen. You can go stock that refrigerator with some adult beverages and get some groceries you guys can cook. Get some snacks, too. There's nothing worse than around 11 o'clock at night when you need a snack and you don't have them, right? So instead of having to get dressed and get back in the car and drive to town, they're right there. The good thing is, too, there's a nice little convenience store right there, right there, when you get on 182, like on your way to campus, because the Stark Vegas Clubhouse is just five miles from the Mississippi State campus. Five minutes, maybe the better way to say it, but you can get there quickly. Uh, for certain. And uh, again, if you're bringing a large group to Stark Vegas, whether it be for you know, a family event, maybe it's a staycation with all the girls. Maybe it's a uh, weekend with all the guys. Maybe it's a bachelor's trip. I don't know. Use the accommodations that are available to you and all the fine amenities at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Just Google Stark Vegas Clubhouse and you'll see their Facebook page. And you can roll through there and just kind of check it out for yourself. And uh, you're going to have some options to, to, to book you can go through VRBO, you can go through Airbnb. If you book through Evolve, the Evolve website, we can save you 10%. Just by being a listener to this show. Promo code BSR10 gets you 10% off when you stay at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. No better place to stay when you got a large group of Bulldogs than a Stark Vegas Clubhouse. <clears throat> All right. So uh, kind of looking ahead here, and uh, we'll preview the, uh, the SEC weekend Kind of in depth, but uh, just kind of you know want to kind of get you up to speed here on some other things that are kind of going on around the Southeastern Conference. It's so weird when you get that break in the schedule on both the men's and the women's side, and so we don't have a lot to cheer about. But that doesn't mean that other teams aren't playing. Uh, maybe you've kept up. I don't know. You know, m- maybe your deal is much different than mine. I like to keep up with everything that's going on, and so um, tonight. You're going to have South Carolina at Auburn. That could be a great game. That's going to be a 7.30 central tip. And then at 8 central, Tennessee is at Arkansas. You like Tennessee in that game, but uh, there have been some times Tennessee struggled. Now, looking back at Tuesday, pretty exciting stuff here. We thought Texas A&M would win that game at Vanderbilt. Wrong. 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 Vanderbilt, one-point winners. I think it's their sixth win of the year. They take down Texas A&M, who have been playing exceptionally well here as of late. LSU goes to Florida. And what a barn burner of a game that proved to be, 82-80 to in favor of the Gators. Big win for Florida, protecting the home court. And then Ole Miss goes to Kentucky, loses by a dozen. A pretty good game for a while. But, again, Kentucky, one of the more talented teams in this conference. So it kind of went to script. That may have been the only one that went to script. You had the upset of Vanderbilt over A&M. And LSU and Florida goes down to the final seconds. You know, pretty impressive games uh, if you're checking those things out. Kind of looking ahead here briefly, we'll, we'll talk more about this uh, on the Friday show. But uh, A&M's at Alabama, Florida's at Georgia. Of course, Arkansas comes to Mississippi State. It's a 1 p.m. tip. 
LSU's at South Carolina, Kentucky's at Auburn, Vanderbilt at Tennessee, uh, Missouri at Ole Miss. There's also been some women's basketball played, even though we haven't been involved. It's always interesting what happens around the league because they're always expecting, you know, expecting some things to happen good for us. We need good things to happen for us. We deserve good things. We certainly do. Uh, but looking at, uh, you know, the week that has been so far, you know, Monday, Arkansas went to Tennessee. Tennessee wins that game handily, 81-55. to Of course, we're, you know, we're kind of in a mix there with Tennessee, kind of chasing this thing a little bit, trying to improve our seeding for the SEC tournament. And so tomorrow night, again, Mississippi State not playing. Interesting games. Ole Miss is at Florida. The same Florida team that uh, really took us to the woodshed on Sunday. That could be a very, very intriguing ball game. South Carolina's at Tennessee, kind of a game for nostalgia, but South Carolina should win this game handily, even though it's in, uh, you know, it's there at the summit, you know. So they'll be ready to play. I just don't think at the horses. Kentucky's then at Auburn, and Vanderbilt is at A&M. So that's your Thursday schedule. Kind of looking at the standings here. Because it stung so bad to lose that game on Sunday. You're like, oh, my gosh. And now that we've had a day or two to kind of take a breath, guys, the Bulldogs are still fourth in the SEC. Fourth. That's where we want to be. Got to keep playing well. Got to win on Sunday because, you know, Ole Miss is right there at six and four. Let's say Ole Miss beats Florida. I don't expect that, but let's say they do. That pulls them even with us. And then you play them head-to-head. Uh, you got a chance to uh, get a little separation. But let's say they lose to Florida. All of a sudden, they're 6-5. and five, And if we find a way to go to Oxford and win, it makes them 6-6, six and six, and then we'd be 8-4. and four. So two games ahead of them. Still got Alabama and some other things out there to work with. But um, you know, the SEC standings look kind of fable for us, and the schedule looks very fable for us, especially once we clear Ole Miss. It's going to be an emotional game. Encourage you to go if you can. Uh, they've lost two in a row. Uh, could be three in a row by the time we see them. And, uh, again, with all this acrimony between, you know, the women's basketball staff there and the fan base, you kind of got to wonder, you know, do we, our fans have a chance to go in and kind of take over that arena? I don't know. You know, we'll see. But, again, as of it stands right now, Mississippi State number four, and that's really our goal, to finish in the top four in this league and put ourselves in a good position for the SEC tournament and not have to play early on in the tournament. But uh, we're in a good position. Men's side a little bit different here as uh, we kind of move ahead. Uh, we'll take a quick, quick look at baseball here because there's just so many things that are going to happen. And uh, we'll preview the weekend on Friday. But just really quickly here, it's going to be a very, very, very busy weekend, as you'd expect. Uh, Kentucky headed to South Carolina Upstate. That's an interesting dynamic, right? VMI is at LSU. You know, we had them. We've had Virginia Military Institute here. UNC Asheville is at Georgia. Miami, Ohio is at South Carolina. James Madison is at Arkansas. Air Force, of course, here at Mississippi State. Manhattan heads to Alabama. FAU will take on Vanderbilt. St. John's will face Florida in Gainesville. McNeese State heads to A&M. Eastern Kentucky is at Auburn. Tennessee is at Texas Tech. That could be an awful lot of fun right there. I mean, that could be an outstanding ball game. Uh, Missouri is at Cal Poly, and then Ole Miss is at Hawaii. What's interesting, the Tennessee and Texas Tech 
and Ole Miss and Hawaii games are not currently listed on the SEC Network Plus. So I don't know what streaming services will be available come game time in Lubbock or in Hawaii. But uh, how interesting that you know Ole Miss is playing out there in Hawaii. And uh, you hope that you're able to watch those games. I mean, when, when these games are on, like, guys, when we get done in Duty Noble Field, I come home and put on college baseball. And I watch our teams, and I watch a lot of Pac-12 baseball. And so it would be fun. Get us a men's basketball win against Arkansas on Saturday. Get a baseball win against Air Force. And then go home and be able to watch the rest of the league play. Uh, so it would be awfully interesting, for sure. It always is. It's never boring, is it? It's never, ever, ever, ever boring. Of course, uh, there's just so much with this. But um, it's, a, it's a shame that uh, so much of this stuff is not available, you know, on every streaming platform. But that's not the case. Of course, all the SEC games would be, we'd be losing our mind right now if the Bulldogs are playing in Hawaii and we were unable to watch it. So maybe they'll work something out. Because I would like to be able to watch those, those Ole Miss games um, and certainly that Tennessee-Texas Tech game. Uh, Tennessee's also going to play Oklahoma. It may be one of those deals, too, where, um, you know, they have the paid streaming service, and I'm not going to pay for that to go watch a, you know, a non-Mississippi State game. Maybe you will. But uh, there's a lot of basketball on and things like that. But uh, now baseball is here. So we got the stretch run coming up on the men's and women's side. And again, we feel really good about our position on the women's side, not so much on the men's side, but the only way to improve that is to win. We got a team capable of winning. Uh, Keyshawn Murphy, we had a chance. Uh, J- Justin Frommer, our Justin Frommer, had a, a one-on-one interview with Keyshawn Murphy that we ran over on Gene's page. And so uh, if you hadn't, you hadn't seen that, be sure and go back and find it. It's on jeanspage.com, the 247 uh, Sports Mississippi State affiliate. Had a great conversation today with some folks at 247 uh, about how the last few months have gone. And uh, it's pretty incredible. It really is. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, we take a lot of pride in what we do. This week's been really busy for me, you know, the new business opening, things like that. So we got you got to manage your time a little bit better. But, uh, you know, it's just a mom-and-pop operation. So sometimes i got to go up there and work. And on recording days, it's difficult, especially days like today when I don't get to record in the morning. I like to be able to record in the morning and kind of get the show out there for you guys. It gives me the rest of the day. I'm also writing a book on top of this. And uh, we got some music stuff we're working on in addition to that. So there's always something going on. There's never a dull moment around here. I always have somewhere to be or something to do or somebody to talk to. And so in addition to all that, we threw up the, uh, the Dude Effect show. Uh, we did that on Monday. I told you me and Ani did that on Facebook. And um, <clears throat> a couple little you know, bumps along the way. But um, my oldest son, Ani, of course, is a collegiate baseball player. I felt he may have some insight that, that uh, would be valuable to you all. And it's been very well received. And thank you guys so much for your very, very kind comments. Uh, you know, I don't mean this in an arrogant way, you know, but you guys know me. But uh, he's brand new, and so your very positive comments give him a lot of confidence. And this was his idea in the first place. He goes, you know, there's really not a show out there just dedicated to Bulldog baseball. Let's start one. And so here we are. And so Thursday night, we'll go back and do that uh, probably around 8 o'clock. Probably. That's what we're thinking. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, and we'll do our best to stream it out to some other platforms and kind of let you guys know some other social media opportunities for you. But, uh, hey, come hang out with us, and we'll talk baseball for about you know, 30 to 40 minutes. We'll preview the weekend, kind of give you our expectations. And, uh, again, we've done some work on Justin Parker, and that's the most important hire that Chris Simonis may ever make was Justin Parker. 
but I thought Chris's body language was good today. Uh, spoke to Chris several times in the last uh, couple weeks, and uh, Chris likes our team. Uh, he does. And the main thing is we got to stay healthy. The good thing is we've got so much depth on the pitching side, uh, not just from arms, but very capable and talented arms, that we shouldn't see a duplication of what we've seen pitching-wise the last couple of years. And I don't know that anybody's had the injury bug that we've had. Uh, honest to goodness. And you, know, you had a change of the guard and strength and conditioning. Shipman's doing a great job. Uh, of course, Justin Parker really big on you know streamlining the movement to make the delivery a little, a little smoother. So this team is going to go as far as this pitching staff can take us. And so the spotlight is really on Justin Parker. And I think, again, Chris Lamonis, what a great job Chris and the administration did when we had to make a change, rather than just going out there and getting another guy because there were so many of you and those concerns were very, very valid. It's like, hey, if Chris Lamontis is a lame duck coach, what's the quality of pitching coach he's going to be able to attract? And he goes out and gets one of the best pitching coaches in the country. This says a lot about Chris Lamontis. says a lot about Mississippi State baseball. A lot of people want to be here. And then not to mention, Parker had a good thing at South Carolina. And South Carolina, again, is expected to be in the mix to host again in the regional this year. And they go out and they get a few guys out of the portal. Uh, but they had to go get some portal guys because they did have some losses last year. But uh, they had a good thing going there. And he likes to leave there and come here. And Justin Parker in South Carolina, you forget last year, they had the second best ERA in the conference. And I bet you couldn't name a single player on that pitching staff. You look at the talent that we have on this team, there's some guys out there that are sure enough known commodities, at least within our fan base. And I think Nate Dome is a guy that has a chance to be a star. The thing that I have learned about baseball, typically, when the most talented guys are also the hardest workers, the team does really well. And so if you're a newcomer and you come in here and you know who Nate Dome is and you know who Dakota Jordan is and you know who Hunter Hines is and who Ross Highfield is, and you see those guys working harder or as hard as everybody else, it kind of lets you know a thing about your culture. It's like, oh, I'm not going to just come in here and coast. I mean, how many times do you see it, you know, where the expectations of the star player are not commiserate with the rest of the team? Happens a lot. As I told you guys earlier in the week, every time that I've been to the complex to talk to Chris or Justin Parker, I've seen Nate Dome in there working. Draft year for Nate, right? You don't get it by luck. You don't get it by chance. You have to put in the work. And all of a sudden now he's got a much bigger, uh, a much better delivery and a bigger assortment of pitches to choose from. Uh, it's extremely important. It is. And so we need Nate to go out there and, and dominate, as he says, on Friday. And I think you guys are going to be really pleased with Cal Steven. You know what you got with Gerangelo? And there were times he was up and down last year. But I think Cal Steven is one of those solid, steady guys he goes out there and pounds the strike zone. He can mix and match a little bit. He can throw the breaking ball for a strike to both sides of the plate. That in and of itself is a, is a skill that a lot of college players don't have. And, again, Cal was the best pitcher on a bad Purdue team last year. So you begin to think about, hey, I, we didn't win at Purdue, so I'm leaving. We didn't win at Memphis, so I'm leaving. And you get those guys, and you end up getting some of the better players off those rosters. And we needed that influx of talent. Did we do enough in the portal? That remains to be seen. But it's going to be awfully interesting to kind of see how things play out in the Southeastern Conference this year. A lot of people really high on this A&M team. I don't know that I am yet. I think they're good. I don't think they're great. I don't think they're elite. Some people are really high on this 
Alabama team. I, I think they're middle of the pack. You know, and this is, again, is an opportunity for us. I like the fact that one of the rare times that um, we're the hunters rather than the hunted. I think a lot of people are going to say, you know what, Mississippi State is just, they win the NAFL championship, they broke it, uh, things just aren't working out as well, so we'll just show up down there. And uh, I know you have something to say about that as well. That's important to, to always remember. We make this a very difficult place to play because you don't have that many eyeballs on. You had somebody tell me last year, talking about Kentucky, and Nick Mingione is my friend. I love Nick, very happy for Nick and his success last year. He goes, you know what, if you show up in a midweek game, at Kentucky in front of 300 people and you make a mistake, nobody knows. You do it at Mississippi State, everybody knows. And so it takes a special young man to come in here and play. It really does. And I believe that we um, – I believe we have some guys that can come in here and make a difference. I think that's important to understand. Um, again, I'm optimistic about this team. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think we're going to challenge – uh, you know, for a uh, conference championship. But you start thinking, if we get anywhere around 500 in the league, 15 and 15, 16 and 14, uh, we may have an opportunity to host. You know, I don't expect that. Uh, I think we'll be a team that gets in a tournament, though, probably as a road regional. Uh, I've said that for weeks. And now it's time. Now it's time, right? It's as simple as that. It's time for the talk in the end and the play in the begin. So come out, be a part of it, and join us. Uh, listen, if nobody else has told you today, I love you. I do. I do. It's Valentine's Day. So no matter if you don't have a hand to hold or, you know, a loved one to snuggle with tonight or whatever, no matter that, you have value. You do. Don't think that you're not where you want to be or where you should be because things are not as they as you desire them to be today. Life changes. I just made a post on Facebook earlier. Guys, this time last year, you know, Dana was in New Mexico. Now, she was a couple weeks of coming home, and Valentine's Day was coming up, and I just could not bear the thought of us being alone on Valentine's Day. So I last minute jumped in the car on Monday, recorded the, I recorded the show Sunday night so I could leave Monday morning, drove all 17 and a half hours. And look at where life is a year later, right? I mean, look where it is a year later. She's out of nursing. We've owned a new business. She's running that business, and I get to lay my head on the pillow next to hers every single night now. A lot can change in a year, so don't get down on yourself. 2022, one of the most difficult years of my life. Well, absolutely, no question about it. Absolutely no question about it. And uh, I think that's an important aspect of things, too, to remember. The only constant in life is change. And I say this all the time, all sunshine and no rain makes a desert. So no matter where you are or who you're with, you still have the opportunity to change your life. If you haven't done so, go to WhenTheBottomFalls.com. You can get When the Bottom Falls there and all my sports titles. If you're looking for Stark Villains gear, and you certainly should be, go to StarkVillains.com. Uh, get the new hoodie, get the uh, new T-shirt, uh, and rep the brand. And then, as always, come join us over at JeansPage.com, the source for Mississippi State sports coverage, doing it better than ever, better than anybody else in the history of this university. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.